Hi, this is Variety Shunavere for Akashi Media Podcast Live. I just want to take time out to say thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you for your listenership on Akashi Media Podcast Live. America, thank you. Ireland, thank you. UK, United Kingdom, thank you. Singapore, thank you. Russia, thank you. Belgium, thank you. India, thank you. Brazil, thank you. France, thank you. Argentina, thank you. Sweden, thank you. Germany, thank you. Benin, thank you. Canada, thank you. Netherlands, thank you. Thank you all globally for listening and tuning in to Akashi Media Podcast Live. I'm your podcaster host, Variety Shunavere also known as Nicole Renee Rosny Lane, abbreviated for Renee Ballard, the daughter of the Supreme, Florence Ballard. I thank you all so much for tuning in and listening to this star child. I am truly grateful and appreciate your listenership. Keep tuning in, keep listening, keep subscribing, keep streaming. Thank you again. I love you. Floyd's father walked in. with him holding him and he uh, put him down on the floor and Floyd said that's my woman (laughs) he called me his woman and um, he uh, really surprised me when he did that but I was I, I felt good I just smiled and then I said Floyd give me a kiss and he puckered up, and I gave him a kiss. And he... <laughs> we kissed in front of our family. And he just held his hands up to his lips. <laughs> and everybody said, oh, that's so cute. That's puppy love, you know, baby love, you know. And his daddy said, he looked like he about to faint. <laughs> And that was just so cute, man. It was just awesome. And um, I always had a fondness and love for him, you know. There was a time, even when we were at the party that day, when his uncle came into the house wearing a beige trench coat with a hat on, a Vendora. He came in, the door was open. We were all standing in the living room. My dad was standing there talking to Floyd's father. His parents were talking. My mother and his mother were talking, Deborah and Flo were talking on the, on the sofa. And um, Floyd and I, we were standing there talking, having our little conversation. And then his uncle merged up into the house, into the living room. And it was hot outside. Muggy, I remember, it was in the summer. He came in there and he had a gun on him and he took the gun and put it to Floyd's father's neck. And he said, where's my money at? And we were all standing there looking at him like, oh my God. And my dad said, man, what you doing? What you doing, man, what you doing? He said, ain't, no, ain't nobody took nothing from you, man. What are you doing? Don't do this, man. Don't do this. What are you doing? So um, I was standing there, and I was 
Floyd's father picked him up off the floor, turned him upside down, and had him in front of him. And Floyd was dangling upside down by his feet. And he started crying, and I started talking. And um, I started saying to his uncle, I said, please don't do it, please don't do it. And Floyd stopped crying. He just stared at me and focused on me and focused on what I was saying. And I said, please don't do it, please don't do it. And please don't kill us. Please don't do this. And then his uncle looked down at me at the corner of his eye. And I was looking up at him. And Floyd's mother got up from the sofa. She said, give me the baby. Give me the baby. Give me the baby. And so Floyd's father gave her the baby, gave gave her Floyd. And Floyd's uncle said, y'all go outside. And we all went outside in front of the house. And we heard a gunshot go off. And we all ran back up into the house again. And his father was holding his foot. Like he shot my foot, he shot my foot. And I was just happy that he didn't shoot him and kill him, but he shot his foot. (laughs) And um, I remember that, you know, so I was like, wow, you know, what a day. You know, it was that was just a crazy day, a crazy moment, that moment. So, um, you know, that happened and his uncle left after that. You know, he was mad. He was really mad about something, you know. And Floyd's father had fought, actually, but he lost his fight. I think that was the time he lost his fight and everything. And then that's when he was gonna start focusing on Floyd and stuff after that and everything. And I just love him. I love Floyd because, you know, money or no money, he's my sweetheart and I love him. And he's been through so much in the media and in his career, people that he's met, friends and, and stuff like that, people robbing him, scamming him for money. And all he wanted to do was do the right thing by trying to give and help other people, you know? And it's not something that he have to do. He don't have to give anything if he don't want to. Okay, he made a few kids and everything, and he's done the responsibility of being a father to raise his children, take care of his children financially. And then he does some form of obligation to other relationships with the women that had the children. And I've had the pleasure of meeting his kids in the past when they were younger, when they were kids. I met all of them. And um, I remember my daughter and I came down for, I think it was Memorial Day down in uh, Las Vegas. And um, we brought down super soakers and everything to the house so everybody can play with super soakers. That was my daughter's idea to bring, let's bring super soakers. So we brought them all super soakers and everything. They went outside and played and stuff. And um, we were there, you know, at, at his place there in um, Nevada. And I used to stay there too, momentarily for a little while until I went back to California to go to school in, at UCLA Extension. And then, you know, before that happened, um, I moved to Grand Rapids, Michigan to go to college there, have my daughter there. And my daughter is not Floyd's uh, daughter, biological daughter. But um, I went there to have my daughter there. I lived there. And then I went to college there. And then um, after that, I started a career there in Grand Rapids Television as a news reporter. And um, I ran into Floyd again after I was getting off work from J.C. Penney's. And he was walking down the street toward me. And I had on a royal blue jumpsuit. And he said, you look good in that jumpsuit. And I stopped. I said, oh, thank you. And we just started talking. And I said, don't I know you? You know, because I hadn't seen Floyd since he moved to Grand Rapids. And he said, um... Mm, I don't know. You know, yeah, you do look familiar. We couldn't, for some reason, we couldn't put it together. It was just so much time that went past, but I knew that face. But he said, I'm pretty boy Floyd. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) And then after that, you know, I was like, it hit me. It hit me. You know, and so um, he said, where are you on your way to? I said, I'm on my way home, you know. 
And he said, oh, okay, I'm about to go meet my daddy down the street. You know, he's at the strip club, you know. And I said, oh, okay. And um, he said, I'm about to move to uh, Las Vegas, though. You know, because, you know, I'm a fighter. And um, it's just not working out here with the money and stuff like I want or whatever. And um, I just want to take care of my family. I want to be able to take care of my family. I said, you will, you know. And I said, well, I plan on moving to California myself, you know. And that, that's my plan, you know. I said, well, maybe I'll stay with you and your dad there then, you know, while I get everything together. You know, I said, well, ask him, you know. And so we exchanged telephone numbers and everything, and we talked. And I guess he went down to uh, the West Coast to check out some things, and then he came back. He called me. He said, hey, um, I met a girl, you know, at school. And um, he said... I guess I can just say I got a girlfriend. I said, oh, you do? I said, okay. I said, so what you want to do? He said, well, we can still be cool. We can be friends. We can be, you know, cool and everything. I said, okay, that's cool. You know, it's all good, you know. He said, but I don't really know her like that, though. I mean, I've only known her for two weeks. And she kind of aggressive. She kind of assertive, you know. She, like, jealous, like, you know. I said, oh, for real? I said, well, you know what you feel about her, you know? I mean, you know, if you feel that, then it might be wrong for you, you know? I said, she's sitting here right now looking at me like you on the phone with another female, you know? I said, hey, well, you know what to do, you know? Don't get caught up like Mike Tyson did, you know? We were talking about Mike Tyson and stuff like that, you know? So, of course, that woman was Josie. Well, not woman, but girl at the time was Josie. And um, I came down there, and um, he picked me up from the airport with my daughter. And she was there, and I met her. She was cool. You know, she was all right, you know. She was like, I danced with Janet Jackson. I was like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, you know, they my family too, you know. And, um, you know, we just kicked it, you know. They was kicking it in the bedroom, taking pictures and stuff like that, whatever. I actually took pictures of Floyd and I, but he told me that she deleted my photographs from the phone. <laughs> you know, and I was like, wow, because I left my phone there. I said, well, damn, you know. So there are no pictures of Floyd and I because she deleted all the photographs, and he told me that. And, um, you know, when he started, I went to California, and then over the course of the, those two years, he started having kids with her. And um, he had kids with her. And um, the last child that I saw was Ayana. She was really cute. She was this cute little girl. She had this little pink, pale pink outfit on with a shirt and pants. And I picked her up and held her. And her mother was on her way to come pick her up. And Floyd was like, oh, no, you don't want to be here when she get here. She crazy. I said, what you talking about? He said, oh, she like to fight over every little damn thing. He was like, oh, she just crazy like that. I said, oh, you know we ain't going to be fighting over your kids like that. You know, you know damn well I'm not going to be getting into nothing like that. These are beautiful kids. I'm like, well, you know, since you ain't had kids, I want to be the godmother. <laughs> you know, she ain't going to let me be the godmother. <laughs> you know, he said, I don't know. You know, but yeah, you can be the godmother if you want to be the godmother. <laughs> you know, so I was supposed to be the kid's godmother, you know. Um, but, you know, I was just so busy with uh, with thing, doing things in California, with trying to get through school, UCLA Extension, and get my movie off the ground. And I did, you know, because I'm the original creator of Shed It Off and Booty Call. And um, that got off the ground with my agent, Takashi Buffer. And there's a new play coming out, as a matter of fact, in October with um, Booty Call. Actually, around that time, he's supposed to be going back to Detroit. And, you know, I didn't really keep up with Floyd, like, in the media-wise, you know, like I wanted to. Um, I just was really consumed with things with my daughter, at the time and um, he wanted me to live with him. He asked me to stay and live with him in Las Vegas. And um, I was going to, and um, but I just didn't want to get in a situation where he got really like close to Kristen and start raising her as his own because I knew my daughter was going to backtrack and going to want to be with her father, you know, and uh, everything, you know, it didn't matter who made money. That's just how some kids are. They want their real daddy around. 
you know and I didn't really want him to put a lot of time and all that into her like that you know especially if I knew if if something like that would happen you know because I didn't want him to feel like later I did all this for your child now your child want to go back and do you know this with their dad when I've been there all along you know and um you know, I just didn't want him to be hurt like that. He's always just been a loving, sweet person, you know, and nonviolent person as well, you know. Um, he didn't he didn't show any kind of temper tantrum with hitting any girls when I was younger or anything like that. He was really respectful, you know. So I know with him being a boxer that he was going to be tried by people, you know, in that way where they would want to... Um, test him on hitting him and stuff like that and you know but I knew the outcome was going to be for him to end up in jail like he did I knew it was coming I knew it was going to happen because I could I could see that I could see where that was going you know because the relationship he had that was like you know he gonna be a boxer he gonna make money I, I need to make sure I don't work I don't have to have a job you know I'm gonna be taken care of so on and so forth and ain't nothing wrong with that every woman should have a man that takes good care of them if they're gonna be in a relationship with them or have kids with them to make sure that they taken care of but you know hey that was they that was their motive that was their thing you know but I wasn't like that I needed to do my thing and go to school and whenever i you know, made money, whatever. My thing was like, let me bring my portion back. You know, let me do my thing. That's that's just how I am, you know. And that's how I was, you know. So, you know, um, he used to come back and forth and check on me. He came to California to check on me when we had the earthquake and everything, too, you know. And, um, and um, I had a friend of mine that was there, and he tried to make it seem like it was more than that. I said, don't, don't go there because your ass ain't even paying no bills here. Don't be tripping. Don't, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't go there. So I made sure I talked to Floyd in private. So I talked to him in private, and I let him know, you know, what I feel about him or where we are. And I gave him a ring, and I put it on his finger, and I told him where we are, you know. And he just stared at me and looked like, wow, really? You know, I said, yeah, you know. So, um... I gave him a ring and everything. So he um, kept that ring, and I think he still wear that ring. I think I see that ring on his hand every now and then in some photographs and stuff, you know. And, you know, he's never been a child in gangs or or any part of any gangs or anything like that. He's really, really been a really good person over the years, really sweet, really giving and everything. And, um, you know, I just always wanted the best for him and still do, you know, and I look at today at the relationships he have, like how he give people hundreds and thousands of dollars to start their own cosmetic business and companies and stuff like that, and, you know, relationships, engagements he's had that didn't work out and everything, and, um, you know, I'm a woman, I've been in different fields myself, And, you know, a lot of people are always like, we're business partners. He's my business partner. And, you know, I've been in cosmetics. I've done distribution of cosmetics. I've had cosmetics on Home Shopping Network. Um, I've sold to Dubai and different companies overseas, my own cosmetics, France, different places. And when people do business with Floyd Mayweather, I just really hope that they're really being real and strong and really up and up about the business side of things because, you know, when I see people on Instagram selling their products and so forth, you know, that's one part of your little distribution, but I want to see your shit in Sephora. I want to see barcodes. I want to see, um, I want to see your shit on the shelves. You know, I want to make sure he's getting his portion because he's giving out that money and I want him to get that portion of the business. You know, barcoding, you know, um, rights to recipes and and everything, you know, um, make sure the FDA and everything is all intact because he deserves all of that. You know, I mean, he deserves all of that. He doesn't have to do anything past taking care of children, you know, and, 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 and giving acknowledgement to people of where they are and validating people as far as relationships and where they are of having children, so on and so forth. He doesn't have to give past that. He really doesn't, you know. 
and he does his part and and I'll let people know you know um I know that people feel like you know like if he doesn't want to marry me marriage business is a marriage you know so if he doesn't want to marry me let me find another way to be attached to him financially and that's kind of like how I feel when he does business with people. And then people turn around and say, people are all up in our business and stuff like that. Well, are you? do you really got a business? Because your business should really be out there in the open, really. You know, on the shelves, on the counters, everything, you know? You know, box with skill numbers and everything. And when you make a sale, that money should be going, half of that going into his account because he's the investor, you know? And that's how I look at things, you know? And um, and whatever he put his money in, he should get a portion of it, regardless. Even if he say, I expect nothing in return. No, he need to get a, a return because he's an investor. He's put a lot of time into relationships and people, you know. And um, And I just know that sometimes women, you know, just feel like that they have been around for so long that it's like damn near forever, like as long as a marriage, that I should be entitled to this. I should be entitled to that. And I grew up with people like that. They feel like they should have entitlement. And if I can't have you, nobody can have you. You know, I've been around people like that. I grew up around people like that. You know, and they're not really down with the kids. They down with their own kids. They want to make sure that their kids get stuck. My father was murdered. My father had more than one woman. He had women on the same block, around the corner, up the street, and everything. You know, just like his women, you know, Floyd's women wear the same jewelry. My daddy had women wearing the same outfit. You know, but they love that man, so they say. But he had kids with these women, you know. So I got siblings with other people, you know. And, um... But you know, they had life insurance on my father, you know, and they weren't even married to him. But you know, they feel they got that common law marriage thing going on, you know. As long as I got something to show that we together financially, then we have something, you know. And there's nothing wrong with him loving people and keeping who he want to keep, you know, because I wasn't kept. But that's not in that situation. I was doing my thing in career and he's doing his thing in career but we still saw each other we didn't have a breakup because I'm a Tom Thumb marriage wife we got married as kids my mother and father and his parents married us together you know there are people who have been on Instagram and said well I asked him about you he said he didn't know you oh that's all good maybe he said that maybe he just don't want you in our business you know what I'm saying but he know me well you know, last time I really spent time with Floyd was before the Manny fight, you know. And I ran into him when he was jogging, and I was on my way to the grocery store. And when I moved into my home in Desert Shores in Summerlin, Nevada, I said, damn, why does this place look so familiar? And it didn't down on me until he came over. He said, I used to live here. I was like, damn, that's why I look so familiar. I said, okay, you know. So, um, you know, we used to just really like kick it for hours and talk and stuff. You know, we always been able to do that, you know. And not long after he sat down, he said, you still want to get married? I said, yeah. Yeah, we can still do that, you know. And um, he said, all right, you know. So that happened, you know, but um. I look at him and I look at the things people say about him, like, you know, he can't read and stuff like that. Don't believe that. He was a young child that can dial his daddy's telephone number. You know, if he can put that sequence together, then he can read. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I just want to let the world know how much I love Floyd. Floyd, I love you. And um, this is your first love. And... I'll always love you, no matter what, no matter who you with or whatever. You always gonna be my baby, my baby love, my sweetheart, you know? And um, you deserve everything you have. 
and Detroit is not always a place that I'm comfortable with and I always want you to be careful because I've had some bad experiences with people and you were too young to even know you know my father died which was your dad's best friend and you know set up by women set up by people people pretending like they cool when they're not you know um, taking our life insurance policies on my people you know my parents and everything and just having all kind of uh, shit behind closed doors going down, want to do business and stuff like that. And if you don't want to give up this part of business, they want to plot other shit. You know, I've been through a lot. And I like to keep things out there out in the open because, you know, they say don't live in the past, but I do. Because I like to keep things reminded that I live that shit. And I've been through a lot. I've seen a lot. I've experienced a lot with relationships with people, women, so on and so forth. You know, and it hurt my heart to see him cry on television, going to jail. You know, but I knew that was going to happen, you know. And I tried to tell him a little earlier, but I said, you know what? He's going to have to experience this. And he'll understand once he do. You know, but I knew he'll survive it. Because only the strong survives. And he deserved to win every fight that he's won. Because he's actually fought a thousand fights before he fought those. But you deserve every millions that you've gotten. Because you're the only one in that boxing ring boxing. That 800 million does belong to you. The homes you bought, the homes you built, you deserve them. Because you got in that boxing ring and fought. There may be people, they may feel you don't deserve all that to yourself. But if you wanted to have it all to yourself, you have a right to. Because I'll be there. Just call my name and I'll be there. Just look over your shoulders, honey. Oh, I'll be there. You already know. But, um, so I just want to let them know. And I want to let you know, the audience, that that's my baby, Floyd Mayweather Jr. And I love you, Floyd Mayweather Sr. I love you, Deborah Sinclair, his mama. I didn't get a chance to really get to know his sisters and brothers at that time because it was just us back then, you know. And, um, but he's a sweetheart. He's always wanted to look out for his family first because family came first. You understand, you know? And I protected him as a shield back then and I will protect him now. So for me, it's never about the money. I don't ever need money because I'm a supreme child. So I know what it's like to be in the limelight already. I've been around models. I grew up with models. I got stepmothers that are models, that were models. They've been in the newspapers and things like that. So when you dating women and they talking a good game and good shit, bitch, I, you better be up on the billboards everywhere, everywhere, every newspaper, everywhere. You better be able to be found because you'll get found if you ever do anything to Floyd Mayweather Jr. because I'm that girl. You know what I'm saying? Because, see, Floyd, you got women in your life that think they got nothing but a rich nigga and a boy. Because that's where they come from. That's the kind of shit they come from. But you're not a boy. You're a grown-ass man. And you was a little man back then. And I showed my Tom Thumb little pictures to understand what we had was real. We grew up on real love, black love strong love between black man and a black woman because that's what we had it was my daddy that put us together so I don't care who's wearing what got what laying where or whatever I'm always gonna be there for you you call me anytime any place you ain't had women texting me as floaty Mayweather and so on and so forth but I got your back no matter what. Because to me, you're always going to be a strong king. Because you ain't no boy. 
and you ain't nobody's nigga. We don't come from that shit. Anyway, I just want you to know that there are plenty of women out there that look better than I do. Some of them might think I'm an ugly ass bitch. Some of them might be prettier than me. But I guarantee you, a lot of them don't even get no likes if it wasn't for him. Some of y'all gotta buy y'all likes. And some of y'all can't even buy Bentley on y'all looks alone. Cause y'all ain't making that kind of money on y'all looks alone. So obviously you ain't that damn fine. Uh, cause who know you? Some women don't even have nobody recognize him in a mall. But you know, he like his friends and he like to keep his friends close. But at the same time, he know he got haters. Cause when things don't go that way, they want to be a damn hater. But let me tell you something about California too. Y'all ain't never gave a brother and sister nothing out here. And y'all know y'all don't. Because y'all push y'all shopping carts all up and down the street with y'all little uh, restaurants on the shopping baskets and everything. And y'all are all about y'all own people. And y'all know y'all like that out here in L.A. Big time. And he don't discriminate. He try to be an equal opportunity employer to hire people of all ethnicities. But y'all know how it is out here. Y'all know y'all don't do that. But where I'm from, from, from Detroit, the Middle Eastern guys and Arabs, they'll give a black man a job in a minute. Keys to his place and everything. Even my daughter can say that. She even worked with a couple Arab stores. They'll give her the keys and everything. They can come like family. They can work at the gas station. But you know what? Out here they don't do that. Out here, it's always racial profiling. And it's racial profiling all over the place. You know? So, I don't I don't take people serious. Really, I don't. Because I ain't down with the bro relationship, the bruh and all that. Because to me, some of that shit is just fake. To me, some of that shit is just fucking fake. It really is. Because I know how they be rolling out here. I'm, I moved to L.A. in 93. And I've seen it all. And I know. Every blue moon, I'll come past one and want to use the N-word to say nigga. I say, really? Then why your motherfucking ass a minority then, motherfucker? In this country. Since this your shit. You know what I'm saying? So many of them act like they own California. Really? Then why you need somebody like Floyd Mayweather to help your ass out? Oh, you Native American? Then where your money at? Y'all not with the Seminoles? Because y'all need to be having y'all money every month. Y'all ain't got 300000 a month. So if y'all ain't bringing it like that, then y'all ain't that. So I just try to keep it real. Because I really don't give a fuck about how people feel about me either. He got beautiful children, and that's all he got. Are his kids, and that's all his kids got. They daddy. They lost their mama, and all they got is their daddy. My parents died six months apart. And my spirit tell me to do this podcast, because I want to make sure it's out in the open, because my eyes are open. And motherfuckers say, oh, that bitch is crazy. Oh, she not real. This and that. Woo, woo. Oh, I'm real. I'm real. Because everything I just said, you can ask his daddy. Did that happen? Yes, it did. I could tell you where it was at, Mendota. So, um, I'm just going to keep it real with you. That's just how it happened. That's how things went down. You know? I grew up with all kind of little things going on in that city, you know, and I moved on because I need to move on with my life and do something different. You know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to just take time out to just say, I love you, Floyd. I love you, Mayweather, Senior, 
because you all have done something that's never been done before. The first family of boxing. Father, son, brother, nephews, cousins in boxing. A family of boxing, a black family in boxing. People thought Floyd was gonna give up. They thought he was not gonna go past a thousand fights. He was determined to win, he gonna keep winning. Women think they winning, cause they still there, still sitting there, being validated, he's still winning. He's still winning. And I'm still looking after him, cause I was there first. I'm his first love. Best believe that, cause I know where his heart is. I know where his heart is. It's in his chest and it beats for me. I don't have to wear it around my neck. So my thing is, I love you, Floyd. I always love you no matter what, no matter what. I'm a poor child, my family Indian. They own 500 hotels and motels throughout the America. I got family that discovered the North Pole. James Brown was my uncle. You know, Taraji on top, she my cousin. Dana on top, she my cousin. My cousin, uh, Sean Brown got his own production company in Detroit. Nisha Nache, she on top in Detroit. She my cousin, I think woman. My cousin Sean, I think my cousin Sean woman. And she on top. So we got a lot to show for what we do. We don't just talk a good game and try to get money out of people. What we got, it prevails. It's real. It's evident. We don't pretend to have businesses. We got companies. You know, there are people that want to stay in Detroit and ain't nothing wrong with that because that's where they grew up. I mean, there are people that got $500,000 purses that won't even pay $5,000 in taxes a year on their house and they go into foreclosure and auctions. We keep it real, 100. I come from a family, we didn't have bank accounts. My parents didn't put money in banks. They put them in piggy banks, socks, Kathy candy, tin cans, you name it. That's where I come from. I'm the beginning of this man's dynasty and legacy. My family are right now today the Prime Minister of India, of the parliaments. Everything we do in my bloodline is real. There's nothing pretentious about us. So you best to believe I got his back no matter what. No matter what woman try to sue you, I got your back regardless. Because whatever they take, it'll be given back quicker than you think. We got the Seminole tribes, the own hard rock cafes all around the world. And we worth over 700 million with them. The Patals, we worth over six billion. So no matter what, I got your back. You take, I'ma replace. Best believe that. Cause you my man for life. And I'm your wife for life as well. In my business, I'm a notary too. I can put a stamp on it. And by law, a wife can change any contracts and notarize them for a husband. So make sure when you do business with my man, you got your shit tight. Or else, like movie and films like I do, it's gonna be a rewrite. This is Variety Shunna Virakashi Media Podcast Live. Tuning in giving you my little bio on my background with Floyd Mayweather Jr. My love, my baby love, my sweetheart.
I love you. Take care. Keep tuning in. Till next time. This is Variety Shonavir for Akashi Media Podcast Live, also known as Nicole Renee Rosna Elaine Ballard, the daughter of Florence Ballard and Lawrence Larry Bombs. Um, this podcast segment is special, and it's dedicated to my baby, my love, Floyd. Mayweather Jr., the boxer, the champion, the legend, the GOAT, the greatest of all time. He's going to be taking a trip back to Detroit, Michigan, October the 24th, for his dance collection dolls to meet on the playground. He and I used to play on the playground in New York. And I just want to give you all a little bit of history on our relationship. I talk about it a little bit every now and then on my podcasts. And I also talk about it in my book, Broke and Supreme Child. Um, Floyd is very, very, very special to me. I'm his first love, his first kiss. His little woman. (laughs) When we were kids, I used to visit his home in New York City. His mom and my mother. And um, we used to stay at their place and stuff. And I remember a lot of things when I was young. I'm a little bit older than he is, but not that much. And um, I remember the times when they couldn't even afford a cup of sugar. And they had to borrow a cup of white sugar from the neighbors. Remember them being like maybe Puerto Rican or white or something. And they didn't like having to do that. I remember when his mom had to do that and she was like, I had, couldn't even borrow a cup of white sugar. But now he got enough money to for a pink sod. I remember when I went to the house, to their apartment rather, in New York and I came there with about $20 in my little change purse my little Indian change purse and I brought that money with me because I knew I probably have to buy a piece or something you know I like to carry a little something you know I had my own bank account back then and um I uh had my little change purse and I remember Floyd and I we were watching television love boxing nothing else would be on the television set but boxing it was a black and white television set and I sat on the floor with him in an apartment sat him on my lap with his head laid back on my chest the entire time for hours and we watched boxing from early in the morning till the snow and the flag came on the television set Hours, And I even said, even when it went to commercial, I said, Floyd, do you think we can just turn the channel once for the commercial break? He said, uh-uh, no, uh-uh. He said, because it might just pop back on and it'd be there and I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> It'll be back on in a minute. <laughs> so I said, okay, you know, Yogi Bear for me. <laughs> so, um... We watched boxing all day long, and I didn't mind. And there was a time when we were watching boxing, he got up and he said, I'm hungry. And I said, okay, I got money in my change purse. I think I'm gonna go, uh, maybe we can borrow, uh, uh, buy a pizza. So we went looking in my change purse. <laughs> he was standing there next to me, we looked, and there was only a dollar left in there. And I was like, what happened to my money? Why I got a dollar left in my change purse? 
you know, I said, oh, well, Floyd, we're not going to be able to buy a pizza because I ain't got enough money for us to get a pizza. So we went to the refrigerator. We went to the refrigerator, and I think the only thing was in there was a dried-up hot dog. Floyd got upset, and he got the phone, and he called his father, and he said, Daddy, come get me. I want to be a boxer. That was the B plan. And he was always smart. He always knew even then what works and what doesn't work, what's enough and what's not enough, and when he's had enough. And um, he called his father up, and his dad said, I'll be there tomorrow to pick you up at 11 o'clock a.m. And he did. Floyd Sr. was there on time and not a minute late. I respect that man and that relationship because there are a lot of times that people made me promises to come pick me up and they never showed up. I was stood up a lot by people. I respect the relationship between Floyd's mother and his father because when he came to pick up Floyd, he was taking him from New York to Grand Rapids to live. And he was really small at that time. And I respect their relationship because some women don't let their children have a relationship with their father or leave and be with their dad. They make them stay with them. Even if they're not together, they say, oh, you're not going, you can't go, or whatever. But they didn't have that type of relationship. And that's something that I respect between him and his mom and everything. I really like the Mayweathers. They're really nice people, you know. Um, when my mother, Flo, was no longer with the Supremes, they were still her friends. They were the only friends that really came around us. And my dad was Floyd Mayweather's father's best friend, Bones, Larry. And um, they grew up together. They were friends ever since elementary school. And they were friends until my father got killed. And um, my mother and father, they died six months apart. So my daddy was a hustler, just like his daddy was a hustler. So I'm from the beginning of all that, you know? And um, I know what it's like to be around different type of relationships all the time, different type of women, be around the, the Panthers, be around um, the Get Down, be around uh, um, the YBI and all kind of things that went on in that city, the mafia in Detroit. You know, just high rollers, all kind of different type of uh, relationships and environments I was a part of. And I lived that. I lived that like he lived it, you know. And um, his father and mother one day, um, came to our party it was my mom and dad's birthday party in fact it was the final they had together both of their birthday is in June and my dad said Floyd will be here tomorrow he coming down from Flint or Grand Rapids he'll be here tomorrow he coming down to our party and everybody was at that party Joe Jackson was at that party um, Floyd parents um, my cousins from brotherly love Everyone was at that party. The backyard was full of people, you know, relatives and everything, cars all up and down the street. I just love that day, though. It was a great day. And Floyd's father... Is all your bones back? Oh, what's this? Is how you bounce back? Drop that blunt. Huh. I lost friends, I lost hoes. I ain't tripping, I'll give me a couple more. I spent bread, I lost dough. 
Homicide, they bring the coffins with a mind fucking with you, they ain't fucking with you. Heard that you was out talking down, so I don't give a fuck what's really up with you. Your life good, you ain't feeling down, that's when everybody gon' fuck with you. Your bag right and your life tight, everybody trying to keep in touch with you. Hands out for the handouts, but our black boys got their hands up. Under these circumstances, we just really trying to run the pants up. Yeah.